It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, January 22nd, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka's local Fish and Game Advisory Committee is speaking out again about climate change and its impacts on commercial, sport, and subsistence activities. When the group met on Wednesday, they signed off on a letter to other advisory committees around Alaska, urging them to take action. Last November, the group unanimously passed a climate emergency resolution, and in February, they were part of an effort that unsuccessfully petitioned the city assembly to do the same. The city has since formed a task force to address climate change locally. Member Stacy Wayne, who holds the shellfish seat, said at the meeting that part of the Sitka Advisory Committee's job is to advise others on wildlife conservation and use, including matters related to habitat. We're fighting with our user, you know, as user groups to to have fish to fish and our, our seasons are collapsing and our stocks are collapsing and all of these are related to climate change. So our job is to preserve opportunities to fish and hunt for the community. Support for the letter was almost unanimous, but member Luke Bastian, who holds the guide seat, did have some concerns. I think there's unforeseen consequences there and I don't know that it actually gains us anything. Wayne and others disagreed, saying that calling on other advisory committees to take action could have a tangible impact. And maybe with many voices pressuring local governments to become louder in support of stopping climate change and taking actions at the local level, there can be an impact that would help preserve and protect the habitat for the species that we're supposed to be protecting. The committee also signed off on a letter opposing the decision to reverse the roadless rule in the Tongass National Forest and filled or renewed positions on the trapping, processing, alternate, and sport fishing seats. Citizen boards that regulate hunting and fishing in Alaska are meeting online this month to consider postponing some of their schedule for this year because of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Alaska's Board of Game and Board of Fisheries met by video conference on Tuesday as a combined committee and discussed the status of the pandemic in Alaska and the likelihood of holding 2021 meetings in person. Last fall, the Board of Fisheries voted to postpone meetings on regulation changes for Prince William Sound and Southeast Alaska for March and April. That board also has a statewide shellfish meeting planned for March. The boards didn't make scheduling decisions at the meeting, but expect to at separate meetings this week and next. Many board members agree that the cumbersome process of drafting new rules for hunting and fishing seasons, areas and allocations cannot be done online and think it will be too difficult and costly to have in-person meetings with health precautions in place. Board of Fish member Mackenzie Mitchell sounded interested in postponing this year's schedule. I think it'd be irresponsible to host in-person meetings um, and or just very difficult essentially not possible based on uh, the status of COVID in the state. I also uh, am taking strong consideration of the overwhelming public comment in support of postponing meetings out a year. The Sitka Advisory Committee, which represents local fish and game concerns to the state boards, agreed and submitted a letter recommending the board postpone meetings about Southeast Fisheries and Wildlife proposals until January 2022. That's to avoid any conflict with fishing and hunting seasons. But the postponement wouldn't come without impact. At their meeting on Tuesday, the state boards discuss how to address management measures that cannot wait a year. They also discussed seeking additional proposals or allowing the public to withdraw proposals that were up for consideration. The executive director for the Board of Fish, Glenn Haight, explained the drawbacks to that approach. One thing that you could see in all of that 
is that you might see people submit proposals addressing proposals that are on there or already on there they could see okay there's this this group is going to try this funny business okay i'm going to come over here and and do this so I don't know what you do about that because there's going to be some issues that do come up over the course of a year that you that you know you want to deal with and but you're going to have to deal with those allocation fights anyways inside your inside your meeting. The Southeast Finfish and Shellfish meeting for the Board of Fisheries was to happen this month in Ketchikan. It was rescheduled to late April but now might be moved until later this year or next year. The Board of Game held an online work session on Thursday on rescheduling regulation meetings that had been planned for this year. The Board of Fisheries holds a special meeting on Monday, January 25th on its plans for 2021. Alaska now has the highest COVID-19 vaccination per capita of any state in the country. That's according to data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Which is super exciting. On Thursday, Dr. Ann Zink, the state's chief medical officer, spoke to the Greater Juneau Chamber of Commerce and explained why. First, she credited Alaska's communities for working together to get people vaccinated quickly. Second, she said Alaska is getting more doses of the vaccine because of additional allotments for the Department of Defense, the Department of Veterans Affairs, and the Indian Health Service. We have the highest veterans per capita population, we have a large military presence, uh, and we have a large uh, indigenous population with over uh, 229 sovereign tribes. And so because of those regions, we did get some additional vaccine in the state via those federal partnerships. Singh said the allotment for the Indian Health Service, which works with tribal entities, could have subtracted from the state's allotment. But in the end, it was an addition. That's been transformational for Alaska, that decision for Operation Warp Speed. On Thursday, the state reported that more than 14,000 people have received both doses of their COVID-19 vaccine. More than 67,000 people have gotten at least one of the shots in the series. A new airline service is coming to Petersburg. Alaska Seaplanes, which already serves Sitka, has plans for daily round-trip flights between Petersburg and Juneau starting April 5th, making it easier to travel to the remote community. KFSK's Angela Denning reports. People can already book the flights, which include two daily round-trip options between Petersburg and Juneau. Carl Ramseth is the general manager for Alaska Seaplanes. We've had Petersburg in a long-term plan for quite a while and um, kind of slowed us down last year when the pandemic hit, um, and we just feel like the time is right. There will be daily departures from Juneau to Petersburg at 8 a.m. and 4 p.m., and departures from Petersburg back to Juneau at 9.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Flights cost $199 one way and take about 55 minutes. That's about the same price as a last-minute flight on Alaska Airlines and about twice as much as a ferry ride. Ramseth says the schedule would offer more connection options for Petersburg residents. Take Petersburg and Sitka, for example. As the bird flies, the towns are just about 90 miles apart. But flying on Alaska Airlines, it takes seven or eight hours with a long layover in Juneau. Ramseth says that layover would be cut short with their flights. You could leave Sitka early enough in the morning, connect through Juneau with a a short 15-minute to a half-hour ground time in Juneau and connect right on to Petersburg, so the total length of time would actually be less than two and a half hours. He says the same thing goes for Petersburg to Sitka. 
For the route, the company plans to use two types of nine-passenger planes, a Pilatus PC-12 and a C-208 Cessna Grand Caravan. The planes are IFR certified, as are all the pilots, meaning they can use instruments to navigate in the clouds. With the Pilatus, it's a fully pressurized aircraft, so you're able to get a flight level between Juneau and Petersburg would probably be in the 16 to 20,000 foot range. So generally you're up above the clouds and out of the, the turbulence and the icing conditions and the things that make it difficult to fly in the winter. Another regional airline, Island Air, tried a similar service for Petersburg a few years ago. In 2018, they ran daily flights between Petersburg and Juneau. But that venture lasted only nine months. Co-owner and director of operations Scott Van Vallen told KFSK at the time that there was not enough passenger demand to continue those flights. Ramseth says Alaska Seaplanes has a three-year plan for their new markets to give time for a new route to take off. We know that it could take a while to catch on. It takes time to build a new route, and you know, we're committed to putting that time in and, and not pull out because the ridership isn't there. Alaska Seaplanes has seen growth in the last decade, adding several destinations, including Sitka in 2014, Whitehorse in 2018, and Klawak on Prince of Wales Island in 2019. They have 15 aircraft and around 18 year-round pilots. That grows to about 35 pilots in the summertime. Besides regular passenger service, they also run charter flights and move cargo. In Petersburg, Alaska seaplanes will be operating in the old Pacific Wings building at the airport. Ramseth says they are actively seeking a station manager in Petersburg and additional support staff. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. Taking a look at the community calendar. The deadline for children age 8 to 10 to register to join Sitka Public Library's Pick Your Own Quest online book club is Wednesday, February 3rd. The group meets 10 a.m. Saturday, February 6th, and the book featured is Dragon vs. Unicorn. Registrants receive a program kit with directions and activities to do during the program. Register by calling 747-4020 with an email address for login information. The deadline to submit questions for KCAW's final edition of Ask a COVID Expert is Friday, January 22nd. Questions should be emailed to covidexpert at kcaw.org. The program will air 6.30 to 8 p.m. Wednesday, January 27th with Health Chat host Martha Pearson and Dr. Elliot Brule, Chief Medical Officer of Search. For more information and to register for the interactive webinar, visit kcaw.org slash covidexpert or contact Lily Wasserman at development at kcaw.org. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is 